Welcome back to an all new episode of the Granny Panty Podcast, where we highlight mature women and men in the adult industry. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn, and I would definitely like it if you could like, subscribe, comment, share this podcast. It helps get my message out to the rest of the world. Wow. My guest today, I am very excited um, to have. I met her about a year ago at Exotica, New Jersey, and I took these words from her website. She is the tea tricks of Long Island, the naughty Mary Poppins of tea. She's self-proclaimed outlandish, provocative, and unconventional um, an ambassador for sexual and body positivity. Help me welcome Penelope Proper, aka the Mad Harlot. Welcome! I'm so Thank glad you. you're here. I'm, I'm so excited. I was so sad yeah. that you weren't. I didn't see you at the last Exotica. Actually, I was hoping you were going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we chose to um, skip Exotica. Uh, we did Why Not, of course, the um, adult industry conference in Hollywood. But yeah, we didn't do any Exoticas this year. I'm I'm off to D.C. on Thursday for Exotica in D.C. And then we're also going to be doing um, Exotica Chicago. Oh, nice. So nice. I, I think next time. year, next year we'll probably uh, do at least, I'm hoping New Jersey. Uh, because my publicist is actually in New York City, so that'll be great. I can go and see her and and do that as well. Where are you located, Ruby? So I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh my goodness, you are! Mm -hmm. You're just yeah. across the country. Yes, and uh, last year we we had never been to an exotica. I mean, uh, I'm only three years into. Well, it's not even going to be three years till February in this business, and so I felt like we've got to go to exot one exotica. And so we chose New Jersey because I always wanted to go to New York City. That was my dream ever since a little girl. So did Exotica and then spent five days in the city. Nice. So that was fun. So tell me about you. Give us a little introduction um, about, you know, who you are and what you do. Well, who I, who I am currently really stems on who I was uh, and who I want to be and who I want to project to the world. So. Um, I go by Penelope Proper, which is my T-Trix name. And by T-Trix, I am a uh, basically a rabble rouser and a leader of naughty tea parties. Although I do do regular tea parties, the PG and PG-13 versions. I have my tea today. You have your tea. That's awesome. Um, but um, it kind of started out with, you know, I, I do, I have been in the adult industry since I'm 18 years old. Um, and I was uh, brought up through um, through my paces in the BDSM world and started to do um, kind of naughty tea parties that were small for like the other uh -huh. dominant women. And we'd have, you know, the, the subby boys come in and the pets come in to, to serve. And then they just became bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, I, I was, I, I'm a retired teacher, but... Um, I do have, oh. yeah, I was, I, I put myself through school, through college stripping and escorting and, and doing some film oh. and <laughs> all while student teaching. I love it. I was always afraid that I was going to be up there one night on the pole and like my students, parents, fathers would come in. Uh, it actually never happened, but it was always in the back of my head or like my, 
kids would graduate high school and go for their like 18th birthday in one of those clubs that I was working right. in. Boom, there they would be. So, you know, it was, there was always something that could have been there, but it, it never was. Would have made some good stories. And since I do also write erotica, I think I'm going to do that one one day. Yes. <laughs> Let's just do the what if that would have happened. The, the what if. But uh, it didn't. And my secret was safe for quite some time until I decided, you know, I didn't want to do that anymore. I really wanted to kind of come back to the industry. Um, okay. And then, um, you know, I have um, certifications in sex education and intimacy coaching. And I was doing seminars within the lifestyle for um, women wanting to come into the lifestyle, BDSM or swing a lifestyle, because I am uh, in a, in a stag vixen relationship with my significant other. And um, it's uh, it just kind of evolved and it kind of moved and evolved and people told other people. And then all of a sudden, here I am, like the teacher, basically of the adult industry. And holding tea parties and, and seminars with, with adult stars. And I'm like the most dressed person in the porn industry. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, you are. And that, I have to say, that's what I attracted me to you, I think, at Exotica, was your costumes. And um, they're just so elaborate. Amazing. That, but I, part of the I, had no, I had no idea you were a teacher, a former teacher. That's I have awesome. all the college. I did all the things. Yeah. <laughs> I did. It's, wow. it's what's funny though now is that like a lot of my old students who, you know, since graduated and have their own mm -hmm. families and stuff like that, um, are watching me kind of be like, Miss, were you doing this when you were teaching? They're like, I knew it. Oh, I knew it. You know, they like they kind they all knew, you know, like you were I always knew there was something about you. You were definitely yeah. different, you know. So, you know, they're watching me do this now very publicly because now that I'm no longer a teacher and I'm, it's my own business and I, you know, I bought, I bought 10 part-time and stuff like that. Right. And I'm completely out of the closet, so to speak, in this respect. So they're, they're watching this evolution and it's empowering them, which is yes. so wonderful to see and, and, you know, get those letters from, you know, former students who are adults now going, you know, I, I watch you on TikTok and I, I'm totally, you know, getting so much more confidence, not just from your classes, but, you know, how you conduct yourself in a sex positive atmosphere. Yes. And, you know, that's why I do what I do, you know, and it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. So, and, that and a lot of my, those tea parties have people come in who are not just industry. Most mm -hmm. of the time, those tea parties are for your regular average civilian. And, you know, sometimes I've had tea parties where I've had strippers sitting next to nuns. That is incredible. Literally, literally. That's not a euphemism. That's not, that's an actual thing that happened at one of my tea parties. And at the end of the day, they all had each other's like text messages and stuff like that at the end of the tea party. And there's these two, like they're, they're, one is a pole dance instructor who's also a stripper. And, and she, mm -hmm. the other one is also working in, in the adult industry. And they're literally wow. sitting next to two nuns, plain clothes nuns. And they were best friends by the end of the tea party. And so it, it brings together all these women from all walks of life yes. into this positive space. And yes. I'm just so proud of it. I'm just so proud of it. So you should be. That's amazing. And you're still doing the tea parties? You still um, do that? I don't run my own anymore because I'm just too busy. But I do mm -hmm. a lot of people hire me to do them. Um, okay. And, I, and both within the adult industry and within the civilian industry. So, okay. Um, 
you know, like I will be um, hired to like I like I do for Exotica, where I don't mm-hmm. people are like, why don't you have a booth? I'm like, because that's that's not my personality. My personality is to walk around, talk to people, right? Welcome people into the industry, welcome people into the convention, take pictures, the atmosphere. So I will get hired into conventions to do that, and then throw tea parties within. So, for example, there is um, like a steampunk event that hires me every year. Right. And I do like three themed tea parties for them and then walk around their convention floor for photo ops and stuff like that. So and, okay. and that, that seems to be what it is now. Like I got away from running my own and I'm mm-hmm. running other people's and hosting other people's tea parties. So which I like the best of all worlds. That's my favorite, actually. I, I love that. I don't have to actually cook the food. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so Talk more, tell me more about the swinging lifestyle. So you mentioned Stag and Vixen and uh, uh, Rex and I've been in the swing lifestyle for about 14 years. We got, I wanted to be involved in it when I started dating him. So about a month in, I said to him, "Uh, how do you feel about a threesome? And he's like, oh, I always dreamt of having two women. Uh, No, I'm talking to men. Everybody does. And then they realize that that's a little more complicated than they, than they, it's very complicated. <laughs> like it's every, you know, and I'm I'm not opposed to fulfilling every guy's fantasy in that respect when I can. But you know, it's a, you know, I am more of a, I'm more men. So yeah, um, yeah, it's really kind of does it for me more. You know, not it's it's just my my current preference at the time. So, um, but I've been in the lifestyle one way or another my entire adult life. You know, starting out in BDSM and kink. And, mm-hmm. you know, being exposed to polyamory within those dynamics as well. Um, my, my current partner, I've actually known him since I'm 18 years old. We were very good friends. He was actually a regular customer of mine when I was a stripper when I was 18. Awesome. But I didn't know that then. I know it now, but I didn't know it then. It was like, by the way. on you. Right? <laughs> Literally. So, um, but it's just, it's just a fun story. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it's because I, I, I'm a very... I don't want to say educated person, but I'm self-educated also. I do a lot Mm -hmm. of research and and I know myself very well. And I've never been good at monogamy. I was married for eight years and I never strayed, but I wanted to. And, Uh you know, like I, I, all the fantasies that I have, all the things that I had done already were kind of put to the side and that didn't sit well with my, with, with my psyche. It didn't sit well with Mm -hmm. my heart. It wasn't natural for me. And I, I've always said that I don't think that monogamy, it, sexual monogamy, m- emotional monogamy is a different thing, but sexual monogamy right. is not incredibly natural to the human species. I think that's more of a societal mm-hmm. construct than anything else. Yeah. And, you know, we put way too much morality centered around sex when it really isn't a moral issue. So right. um, I began exploring that with my partner on, on his encouragement and support um, and love and deep trust. Awesome. You know, you you cannot be in a swing in a swing relationship, particularly stag vixen, without intense communication uh, mm-hmm. and deep trust and love. You know, it's not something that fixes a relationship. It's something that right. enhances an already healthy one. And that's where a lot of couples stall. You know, because they're yes. they're not they're not getting the communication down that they really need to, and they're not really sure how to progress. Which is where some of my coaching comes in. You know, that's right. something that I work with couples on. 
So explain for any of our viewers that aren't familiar with stag vixen, can you explain that term to them? Uh, and I'm going to explain it in the most heteronormative term I can because it really lends itself to that dynamic, although it can mm -hmm. be it can be explored in, in any sexual dynamic. But traditionally, a stag vixen relationship is where you have a man and a woman. The woman plays with other men and the man doesn't usually play with other women. So she is pleasured by others. He enjoys and supports that. Um, mm -hmm. very, it's a very supportive relationship. It's different than cuckold. A cuckold yes. relationship is usually there's some sort of uh, DS dynamic uh, where mm -hmm. the woman is dominant and um, the, the man is in a humiliated standpoint, uh, which is a very popular kink and can be a lot of fun yeah. if that's what you're into. Uh, but the, the traditional stag fiction is that it is, it is not a power exchange, although it often lends itself to male dominant, female submissive power exchange. Um, but I, my, my current partner does not play with other women, um, okay. not because I don't allow it or it's, it's just something that he doesn't feel is a path for him. Okay. I, however, play, um, I go to group parties, I play individually, I have regular playmates um, with his full, uh, sometimes participation uh, nice. and support encouragement. And, and we, you know, but you have to like, like with any kind of dynamic or construct, there has to be protocols that work for the couple. You know, right. what works for me and my partner might not work for you and your partner, but it's how we communicate, how we stay connected, how we reclaim each other after the act, um, yeah. how we communicate excitement to build the other one up for the act. So, you know, it's, it's, it's involved it's inv and it's a lot yes. of work. You know, it's, it's not a free for all, which is what a lot of people are erroneously believe. Right, it's right. So satisfying and, if you can make it happen. <laughs> and you are so correct about like the processing and the communication. I know when we first got into it, I mean, we tried to do, I mean, there's a point where you try to do as much research as you can, but then, the, but then it's yeah, like, you know, until you see your partner with another person, I mean, in the beginning, it was like, we're only same room. Um, you know, there's no, you know, that kind of thing. And it was interesting because we'd spend not, there was a new swing club that opened in Portland, actually Ron Jeremy opened it. And we went, you know, right from the beginning and that was our first experience. And man, we would spend not only hours, but days or weeks processing, you know, so something that happened, you know. Yeah, there's got to be emotional and emotional foreplay and intimate you know, mental intimacy and yes. to allow your partner to, to have those pleasurable experiences that mm -hmm. are not coming from you, you know, right. that are facilitated by you, but not necessarily of your hand or action. Um, and right. that keeps deep strength and deep intimacy. And, and like I said, over and over and over, and I will always stress trust. Yes, you know, absolutely. It, and, and like, I, I've spent many times talking to many couples saying things like, you know, this is, like I said, it is not something that fixes a relationship. It's not something Absolutely you do not. as a last ditch effort to bring passion into the relationship. It's, you have to already be healthy in order to do this. The, the more yep. intense my, my swing practices get with my partner, it's only because our relationship has gotten healthier. You know, Absolutely. And we have dialed it back when things have gotten, you know, sketchy or iffy. We or did that too. Somebody is having a, an emotional issue with one thing or the other. 
well, you know what, let's, let's dial this back and start back from this square. Let's start, let's, let's revisit these protocols and see where we go from there. And, and it's, it's a, in a constant state of evolution and flux. It's never yes. something stagnant, you know, and, and there's always, always conversation about it. There's, if, if it's a couple who is doing this, they have to be prepared to have the hard discussions too. Yeah. And there are, and I know for us in the beginning, it was also finding what works. And after like trying to force the hand, I guess you'd say with like meeting a couple and hooking up with a couple and then dialing back and process, we realized we don't do couples very well. We enjoy threesomes. If they're, if it's two girls, then the focus is on him. If it's two guys, the focus is on me and you enjoy that and so, yeah, that evolution and, and to be honest, since we've gotten in the industry, while we still participate in some of the get togethers, local meet and greets, we really haven't done much in the swing lifestyle because we've been so busy and it does take effort and it takes dedication. Planning. Yes. <laughs> planning. For yeah. sure. Um, well, I love your explanation and it, for me, it's refreshing to talk with somebody who understands the processing that needs to be done and the strength of your core relationship. Um, because if 14 years in this, we've seen so many couples break up because they didn't do the work on the front end, you know, or the back end or to, to go forward. But, um, do you, obviously you have local swing clubs and stuff. Do you tend to go to those pretty often? You know, before COVID, I was a little bit more frequent with yep. the swing clubs. Although honestly, the best experiences I've had have been with the private parties. Okay. You know, I, I really do enjoy the invite only parties because then the mm -hmm. people there are vetted, you know what you're getting. Um, yep. There's a level of fantasy there that you can explore a little bit more safely right. uh, than, than going to the clubs. And not that I haven't had some amazing experiences at clubs. I mean, I've had right. some very hot, and that's, that's where my, my exploration began because I wasn't well known enough to be invited into those mm -hmm. parties you want to get into. Right. You know? And, and there is something to be said for those more elite invite only parties because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you really get to more pick and choose and, and yeah. get a more personal sensual experience and that that's very important so nowadays um i mean although if there's like a new club that opens or a special night at a club i'll make an appearance but um mostly it's it's private parties okay and, yeah you and know I'm, funny in 14 years we've never been to a private party oh my <laughs> because goodness. it always made us I'm like, I, I'm too, you know, I felt like they were too small. I mean, we've been invited. We just never went, but like, I don't know. It was like, uh, I There's don't know. There's a monthly so. party relatively local that I enjoy. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a GB party. So it's, you know, a couple of girls and lots of guys. So nice. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> so tell me this, Penelope, how do you stay horny? Um, What's your I secret? Was, I'm pretty sure I was born that way. Um, <laughs> I cannot remember a time in my life when I wasn't horny. I literally started masturbating when I was 10. I learned. So did a, I. So did I. I. <laughs> I learned from a girl, a fellow Girl Scout at Girl Scout camp. And <laughs> like, literally. We can, we're learning how to sew and have, have orgasms. <laughs> and. 
You know, I, I, I have always been a hypersexual person. I've, I even went to a psychologist. Am I a sex addict? And they were like, no, you're not. You don't have any of those markers. You're, you're just a highly sexual person. So I am a hypersexual person. And every man says that that's what they want in their life until they get us. Until they get it. And then they're like, oh, my God, again? Yes. <laughs> what do you mean you need a wake-up call in five hours? No. That's so funny. Um, oh, my gosh. Way, now, now that I'm a little bit older, I still, I still am very physically um, affected in that way. But now there's more mental stimulation that does need to happen. Um, I, the, the whole concept of being in my stag vixen relationship is so exciting. All I have to do is like sit at my computer and start writing some, some erotica. And I'm like, honey, hello. <laughs> I'll get on the phone with one of my playmates and be like, Hey, what you doing? Can I see you in an hour? <laughs> you know, so. That is so funny. Yeah. I've always been hypersexual too. Um, I was in, uh, an abusive marriage for about 15 years, which really dampened that. But boy, when I got divorced, I tell you what, I just went crazy. And in fact, at one point I saw, I saw a therapist and I'm like, you know, what is wrong with me? And they're like, you're on spring break. It's like, it's like you've been, you know, locked up for 15 years and now you've just like been, holy cow. You know, but I, I, I've been like that as long as I can remember. I remember being a child and learning about sex for the very first time. I, I knew, I knew all the sex, like, cause I did all the research. I was on a very advanced reading level. So all of my ki my friends came to me for advice cause they didn't know anything. So at 11 years old, I'm telling people exactly what the act was. And, you know, thinking to myself that I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like I could not wait yeah. to move my virginity. Like, I mean, I waited as long as I could, you know, because. <laughs> I was, raised, I was raised very Catholic, but, uh, you know, I, I remember thinking to myself that that the V card was not something that was important to me. And yeah. I, I remember thinking to myself, what, get married and be with one person for the rest of my life. <gasps> no, you know, like I, I did it. Yeah. I did it for eight whole years. And I, I, in my head, it just, it felt so wrong for me. It just felt so, I'm like, I want to do him and I want to do him and I want to do her and she's hot and he, can we do them together? Oh, you know, like I was so distracting that it yeah. was, knew that that was not part of my personality. You know, that is so funny. Even though my, my, my parents were so in love and they were so loyal to each other and they were so cute and adorable. You would have thought that they would have been that model, but I don't know. I, I have too much sex in me for one person. Speaking of which, does your family know that, you know, what you do? Do they know you're an erotica writer? Do the tea parties? My mother knows that my tea parties are a little naughty. Okay. Uh, my father was a sex therapist. So oh. he was a family and sex therapist. And I was going back to school to be a sex therapist, to go into private practice with him before he died. I was going to wow. specialize in lifestyle. He was going to specialize in, you know, families and children. That's and, amazing. Um, so, you know, there, there was a healthy understanding that I'm a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my father is no longer with us. My mother is, a, she's a little bit of a pearl clutcher. Yeah. But um, so she knows that I'm different. She knows that <laughs> proper. she's been to some of the tea parties that were a little bit more on the rated R version, but not the, mm -hmm. the, not, the not safe for work versions. Um, and so she knows that my 
my exposure and humor is a little bit raw. She knows I have very open opinions on sexual practice, um, but she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't know a lot of the things that I've done. Okay. And, and I, don't, I don't need to share them with her. Right. I don't need to, I don't need to right. rattle the cage. I love her so much that I, 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 I'll be the good little girl for her in person. I, I can do this. This is for me. It doesn't yeah. be something I broadcast to my family. Right, right. Okay, awesome. And so what keeps your motor running? What's your, what's the, what kind of men do you seek out for your play partners? Is there a specific kind? If I could fuck Jason Momoa. <laughs> We're putting it out there in the podcast. Let somebody send this you to us. You are my bucket list. Um, I, I really do enjoy hyper-masculine men. Um, okay. I, I am. Uh, I'm very feminine and I love sitting in that powerful feminine energy. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm a highly confident person. So that, that very masculine man, the, you know, the rock, Jason mm -hmm. Momoa, you know, and those type of, it doesn't necessarily have to be that full musculature, but mm -hmm. um, that attitude, that, 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 that masculine energy is something I bask in. Love nice. it. It turns me on so hard. I, I love that that dichotomy of my femininity against their masculinity. And there's just, there's just something so brutally exciting about that. So primal that can't help myself. Mm. Okay. I'll, uh, that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, so tell me to like what, one of the things that drew me to you, well, of course I love anything British because my dad's side of the family is all, English. So I was drawn to you, of course, not only for your accent and how friendly and cool you were, but your costumes. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about your costuming and, you know, how you got into that with obviously through the tea parties, right? Well, that even goes beyond that. That started at birth. Um, my grandmother, oh. who was the Spanish Brit, okay, who, in, okay. who imbued me with this accent, um, because if I dropped it, she'd come after me with a wooden spoon <laughs> to my bottom because she didn't want me to sound like my mother who grew up in the Bronx and was too embarrassed of her heritage to keep her accent. Oh, interesting. So I, my, and it's interesting because my accent is this interesting mix of growing up on Long Island and enforcement with my British grandmother. <laughs> um, but she, when she came to the United States, she was a milliner and a dressmaker. And she, she taught her art and her craftsmanship to me. So my bonding with my grandmother as a child was making hats, sewing dresses wow. and doing, and doing, you know, royal tea parties and cooking. So these were all the things I did with my grandmother. And this is literally my way of keeping her alive. Um, all of those gowns are an absolute memorial tribute to oh. her and her legacy. Um, they are stunning. It, she was a, so talented. She was such a matriarch and so powerful and so beautiful, my grandmother. So, you know, I am I am so honored to have been her grandchild and, and bring that legacy forward. Well, you are definitely doing her justice because those costumes are beyond anything I could even imagine. They're beautiful. Um, are you working on any new ones? Do you, for Exotica or like a ton I, probably? I had been working on this beautiful black Italian silk uh, one for Exotica that didn't get finished because I got so busy 
Um, it's still sit, half sitting on the mannequin. I've got literally three in the queue that I'm working on. Wow. So I've got this beautiful brown uh, stripe, and it's all Italian silk, and it's brown stripe and, uh, and turquoise uh, to do, because I, I'm also contracted with the Chocolate Expo to do this. Their, so their costuming is a little bit less harlot-y. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, these are kind of traditional steampunk Victorian with like the big ruffles and, you know, yes. for that. And it's a lot of work. You know, each one of these dresses, if I was to put the hours back to back to back, each one is about 70 to 100 hours each. Not at That the is amazing. Time, but over the course of time. And it's, it's just, it's a lot. So I, I got a little sidetracked. So the new costume is not making it to DC like it was supposed to, but it will definitely make it to Chicago. How many full costumes do you think you have? Like if you were to like the hat, the, the, the dress, the everything, how many do you think you have different ones? Most of everything I, I have made is interchangeable with everything else. So okay. that I have okay does uh, infinite numbers. However, the big costumes that you saw at Exotica, like just the matching hat, matching jacket, matching corset, mm -hmm. muscle, skirt, I have five of those all together of that particular wow. costume. But it, I have two dozen skirts that are interchangeable. I have 47 corsets. I have 23 hats. So, um, and all my costumes actually start with the hat. I make the hat first and then design gotcha. the costume around the hat. Um, wow. so there's a lot of interchangeable stuff, but Exotica gets the fancy schmancy shit. As they, it should, as it should. You get the big ass costumes. This, uh, for DC, I'm going to wear the, the Grace Rose Garden because that's become the huge crowd favorite. That's the white and the lavender. Is that with the gold or the rose colored glasses? That's little lavender glasses. Oh, I think lavender. Okay. The big red costume. I think. Yes. Costume. I'm wearing that one to DC also. So it'll be, that's the, that's the red rose garden. That one we call leg day because it weighs 68 pounds from head to toe. I saw you put, uh, say that on TikTok one day you did a, you highlighted that and yeah. My legs are shaking at the end of the day, eight hours of that costume. And I'm like dead. <laughs> you should see me wobble into the after parties. So tell me what you have coming up for 2023. Any big projects that you're working on? Life is a big project. Um, I have, I'm writing for ASN Magazine online. So getting in as many articles for them as humanly possible is Great. my goal right now. Uh, I am working on two uh, erotica projects. So my own book of short story erotica and working with um, another erotic uh author Eric Parker for a collaboration on one of his books. Um, as many gowns as humanly possible uh, that I can get out there um, and appearances as much as I can get out there and be seen. I love being seen. I love meeting everyone. I love just being within people in the industry. And every single time I go to uh, Exotica, I am getting closer and closer and closer to saying yes, to starting to create content to, to film again. So I, there's a lot of people in the industry who are trying to convince me to come back in. And I, I mean, I haven't made any decisions, but I'm getting closer to making that decision. That was, that was 
that's my question. So you you led me into that. Is do you have an OnlyFans or clip sites or I, anything? I like that? don't at the moment. I actually do have an OnlyFans, but I I've only done anything like reading erotica in the accent. You know, as Penelope, people seem to really like to hear that. Um, I haven't really done anything a little bit more overt. Um, but, uh, as, as the years go on, I'm getting closer to now that I'm retired from teaching and that's not really a thing anymore, you know, um, you know, when I had originally done film, it was back in the day when it, it was not licensed to the United States and we didn't have the internet as being a thing. So I, I didn't need to worry about family members seeing it or stumbling across it or whatever. Um, now that's a little bit more of a concern, but as I get older, it's becoming really less of a concern because, you know, I, I've, I've gotten a lot of offers and I can imagine some of them are looking really tempting. And, um, are these like studio offers then people that want you to come shoot studios and other artists and, you know, other artists, other performers. Yeah. Ooh, I yeah, I, it's, I'm on the fence. I'm, I make no promises, but yeah. um, I have a, a lot of fans who would love to see it, you know, who would love, who would love to, just when you get out, you get back in. And, and I, and, you know, I had a great time in my time in the adult industry when I was more active in that respect. I loved it. I had a great time. I have no, no regrets at all. Um, you know, I, I have no horror stories. I can't give anybody drama because there wasn't any. It was, it was loving and supportive and fun and I had a great time. I was confident and empowered and, you know, I have, I have nothing, nothing bad to say about it. So, you know, it was just, you know, my, my drift off, even though I never really drifted completely off was because I was thought I was going to make this giant career as a high school teacher. And I, I did it for 20 years, but uh, yeah, but you know, it's, it's, it's not where my head or my heart is anymore. I, I'm back here. So how you took your skills as a teacher though and and married it to the adult industry and doing your you know sex therapy and and teachings like that i mean that that's perfect you took every your industry on the planet whether it's sex or vanilla it, it has need for instruction for education for information you know for research development the adult industry is probably one of the ones that is most friendly to research you know, I mean, everyone wants to be better at their craft. Everyone wants a better sex life. Everybody wants to be a better lover. What better area than to be an educator than the adult right. industry? Right. Is there anything, so knowing what you do now and your experience that you would tell your 20 year old self to do differently? What would you get? What advice would you give your 20 year old self? Don't care what other people think of you and do what makes you happy focus on you first before you focus on everyone else you know it's a i personally spent the majority of my life trying to please others and do what i thought they thought i should be doing and i'll tell you when i turned 50 i tell you the best years of my life because i don't give a crap anymore you know and 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 we learn so late that we should never have given that crap you know, and, and then we look back and we're like, why? Why did I think that? And and here we are. And all we can do is, you know, look forward. You can't live life in the rearview mirror. So, 
you know, we, we can only go forward with the knowledge we have. That is cool. And I, and I know for me, um, I'm trying to, I have all adult children now, but you know, they'll call me up and say, Oh, I want to do this. But I'm like, you do what you want to and quit worrying about what anybody else thinks. And so I know for me, I, I hope that I'm telling the 20 year olds, you know, quit caring what people think, what makes you happy. You know, it, we waste too much time worrying about that. I think when we're younger. One of the things that people have always asked me in some of the podcasts that I've done is like, what if this, what if your child wanted to go into the adult industry? How would you feel about that? Like more power to her. I want to, I would want to help her be safe and make the right decisions and then cheer her on regardless of what it was that she, she chose, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with empowerment through sex because it is the human experience. We are all here because someone got laid. I love that. I love that. So are you going to AVN then, or are you mostly just doing exoticas? I would love to go to AVN. I don't know if it's possible this year. I, I, I'm working on it. Depend if the stars align, I will do AVN. I hope I see you there because we're going to be there. I would love to. And a lot of people have been asking me. I was just on a podcast the other day, and they're like, "Are you going to AVN?" I'm like, "I don't know." I said, "But I'm going. I'm doing my level best." As it is, I just got um, sponsorship to go to Chicago Exotica. So yeah, so that's very exciting, you know. So if uh, what I often do, will have fans who will sponsor me to go to certain events. So when that happens, then I will go to them. So wow, I hope I hope we get some folks to sponsor you because I'd love to see you in person. Oh, oh what what? Oh, the VDA Collective. They are uh, you you watch you watch my my TikTok so you know about the Boot Solidarity Challenge. So yeah, they they have been so supportive uh, in supporting the Boot Solidarity Challenge because that's what I've been using as my physical therapy because I have chronic Lyme's disease. So I did so saw you talk about that. Yeah. So much damage. And you know, me and my stripper heels, I love my high heels and not being able to wear them for almost two years said, you know, fuck it. This is how I'm going to get back into them. I'm going to do my own physical therapy. And they've started sending me boots. Then we got Gerard involved because, you know, he is like, well, your partner needs to do this with you if you're going to do solidarity. And they sent him a pair of boots uh, and they have they're they're sponsoring me to go to Exotica in uh, in Chicago, so it's it's that's amazing. Exciting. So wonderful. I feel like there's there's uh, so many people out there that just love your work. I mean, yeah, your your TikToks are amazing, and I feel like we didn't even touch some of the subjects today. Oh, I'm I gonna know. have to have you back for part two. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. I love so, you, Ruby. I know. I, I enjoy living closer. I do too. I do too. Um, right, it's so funny. right before um, the whole world shut down, I actually had a tea party in Oregon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, let's have another one. I know. We need to do let's, that. Let's find a spot and have another one. Um, we'll have to talk about that. So I always like to ask my guests um, at the end of the show, the granny panty tip of the week. So this can be a sex tip or anything that is just like, you gotta, t- you gotta tell us. So what is your tip to anybody watching today? 
All right. The thing that people ask me more than anything else is that, how did I get my confidence or what do I do to be confident? And I have this really fun tip for women, especially if they're shy. And I, I call it mugging for the camera. So when, you, when you're putting on your makeup in the mirror, put on the sexiest music that you can find and then just make all the faces, seduce yourself. If you can't seduce yourself, then you cannot expect to be seduced. You need to be able to seduce yourself so that you can seduce other people. And that lends itself to so much confidence and so much more, you know, sexual virility in, in the connectivity portion of how you connect with somebody. And it is, it's just paramount for making it fun too and internalizing that power. So go to your mirror, start putting on that red lipstick and that eyeshadow, or just when you get yourself together and turn on the sexiest music that turns you on and then just start seducing yourself. And so true, too. So true. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you, Ruby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. I adore you, too. And we're definitely going to have to do part two. Oh, absolutely. Um, we need to talk more about the books and and all kinds of fun things. But I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're getting Anytime ready for Anytime for you. Anytime Aww. for you. In fact, I'm getting ready for a hookup. <gasps> Tonight? <laughs> Yes. Woo. Okay. I'm not going to keep you there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And um, I hope that I get to see you at ABN and um, give you an in-person hug. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope so. Hopefully put, put, put all, put all of the, the sex stars to a line so I can go to ABN. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. You, lady, you have a lovely night. And if I don't see you before Christmas, a wonderful holiday. Likewise. <laughs>